Well, today, Pastor Jan is going to be bringing the message. So we were planning back to school Sunday. I said, I would really like Pastor Jan to bring the message. And she volunteered to bring the message. And we're so glad for what God wants to do today from his word. I always say this whenever I introduce her. The thing I can best say about my wife, Pastor Jan, is she loves God and she loves people. So come and bring the message for today. Good morning, good morning. It's always such a joy, such a privilege to share the word of God. Can I tell you something? Jesus changes everything. And we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, I just want to open with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I step back and I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to step in and speak through me your word today. God, prepare our ears, our hearts to hear and receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Have you ever been caught doing something wrong? Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to tell on myself. When I was a young teenager, our church was having a big garage sale and they were having it in front of an abandoned high school. Well, us teenagers got a little bored with the garage sale and we decided to go, well, somebody, I don't know who, discovered that the high school was unlocked. We went inside there and there was graffiti all over the walls. Well, there were cans of spray paint laying on the floor. You guessed it. We began to put our little tags up there. I remember putting up Jan loves Mark. Sorry, babe. That was before you. And just, you know, whatever we decided to write up on the walls. And we were having so much fun until the grandmother of the church came in the house. (laughs) She saw us. You would have thought we had committed the biggest crime you could ever commit. And with me being the pastor's kid, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, she looked at me and she said, Jan Leverett, you of all people ought to know better. When this thing is over, I'm going to tell your parents everything that y'all did. I was terrified. I knew my life was over. Then she proceeded to say, and when this garage sale is over, we are going to take you and the other girls to the man that owns this building and you're going to tell him what you did and you are going to apologize for your heinous crime. She kept her word. I must have been shaking in my shoes when I had to walk up to that man's house and knock on the door. And I was probably about 70 pounds and and look at him and say, sir, We put graffiti on your high school walls inside the building, and we're so sorry. I don't even remember what the man said, but I just remember that was a lesson I learned. Then when we got to my house, remember my parents were the pastors. Uh, Connie was with me, my friend Connie. We got out, and Granny began to tell my mom and dad the horrible things we had done. My mom and dad, and then she told me, you know, we, she took us to go apologize, blah, blah, blah. And then they looked at her and said, Granny, thank you for telling us. We'll take care of it. Granny left. My mom and dad looked at me and Connie and said, girls, did you learn your lesson? We said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And they said, well, Jan, get your things. Aren't you spending the night with Connie tonight? 
I was like thinking, who are you and what did you do with my parents? (laughs) I'm so grateful that they gave me grace. They realized we had paid for our sin, our crime, by going and apologizing. We did learn our lesson and I promise you I've never graffitied on anybody's walls and I probably, probably never will again. (laughs) Now, try having your dad be your pastor. So I'm a little girl, and I'm sitting in church with my best friend, Julie. And we forget that we're in church, and we just start talking and laughing, and my dad's preaching. Yeah. He said, Janice Elaine Leverett, go sit with your mother right now. Again, I knew my life was over. I do not remember if I got a licking that day or not. But I promise you, I learned my lesson. Now, if I took the time to ask every one of you, what's something you got caught doing as a teenager, as an adult, whatever, you could all, every one of you, probably even from the youngest to the oldest, could share stories of what you've done, how you've been caught. We can relate, right? Well, today, I want to talk about a lady that got caught. Starting in John chapter 8, beginning in verse 2, and it says, Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. We're talking about Jesus. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. Placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. And can't you just imagine the haughtiness of the Pharisees and the teachers as they're saying, this woman, she's been caught in adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test Jesus. You see, actually they were trying to catch Jesus in doing something they could hold against him. They said, They might have something to charge against him. Jesus bent down and began to write in the sand. As they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is at without sin cast the first stone. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. As I've already said, today we are talking about Jesus changes everything. We're going to talk about three things that we can learn in this passage about Jesus. If you're taking notes, the first point is Jesus does not condemn us. Jesus doesn't condemn us. When Jesus comes on the scene, my friend, he changes everything. You see, he doesn't see us as horrible, wicked people. He sees us with the potential that God has placed in us. He sees us for what we can become. According to John 3.16, 
God sent his very son to die on the cross for you and for me so that we do not have to be condemned. Jesus died for all people, not just the good people. He died for you and he died for me. Because you see, we really aren't good. We're all sinners who need a savior. We need Jesus. And my friend, I want to challenge you. Don't believe the lie that you've done too much to be forgiven by Jesus. When he spread his arms out to die on that cruel cross, he did it for the likes of you and the likes of me. It doesn't matter what you've done, whether it was graffiti on a wall, whether you've killed somebody, whether you have had a, committed adultery, whatever it is, God loves you and he will forgive you and he will not condemn you. So let's read John chapter three, 16 to 18. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, if it stopped right there, that would be amazing, but it gets even better. It gets even better. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only son. I'm so grateful that God does not condemn me, that God does not condemn you. I looked up the definition of condemnation. It says it is to sentence someone to death or disapproval of someone in public. When you meet Jesus, my friend, he will change everything. He will forgive you. He will wipe your slate clean as if you never sinned. He will change you from the inside out. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So whatever you've been through, Lay it aside, give it all to Jesus and let it go. Don't walk with your head down saying, oh, you know, I'm a terrible person. I'm an awful sinner. Maybe you were, but if you've been saved by Jesus grace, your slate is washed clean. You don't have to have your head hung low. You don't have to walk in shame. You can walk with your head held high because you are a daughter of the king. You are a son of the king. You are who he created you to be. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 521 says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in So, I'm sorry, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're not good enough on our own. We cannot work our way to heaven. I don't care what anybody says. We cannot work our way to heaven. But it's coming to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. That is how we will go to heaven. I'm so grateful that God doesn't condemn us. And number two, Jesus doesn't condemn us and he does not condone our sin. He didn't say to the lady, I don't condemn you, go live your life. 
do whatever you please. He said, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. Don't ever sin. And you may be thinking, well, Pastor Jan, that's impossible. Well, you know what? We're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven. But that old saying, know better, do better. When you know what you're supposed to be doing, follow that. God, when he changes you, he changes you from the inside out. He will give you the ability to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. My mama always said, if you don't want to fall, don't walk in slippery places. So if you want to obey God's word, you want to live the way God's calling you to, don't go into the places that you know you will be tempted to do wrong. Choose wisely who you spend your time with because you become like those people. If you are hanging out with people that are always cursing and and doing all kinds of things and and causing issues for other people, you're going to end up being that kind of person. Choose wisely who you spend your time with. Jesus will give you the ability to do that. He wants to work in and through you. Jesus doesn't condemn us. He doesn't condone our sin. And Jesus changes everything. I've already said it a couple of times, but I want you to get that in your heart. Jesus changes everything. When he comes into our hearts, into our lives, he changes us from the inside out. He gives us the strength to do whatever we need to do. I'll never forget my first trip to Africa. I was in Burkina Faso, West Africa. And I had said to the ladies I'd spoke to that morning, I said, tonight we're going to have a special service. These, interestingly enough, these were pastors, wives and women preparing. Their husbands were preparing to be pastors. And I was ministering to getting ready to be pastors' wives. Now, why I say that, Some of you know, some of you don't know, I have an online ministry for pastor's wives today. Shemaiah, it just hit me this morning how God was using me to speak into pastor's wives years ago when I was 31. I'm 42 now. Kind of. We'll add a few. But I'll never forget telling those precious women of God that morning, come back tonight and God is going to just minister to you. God's given me a word and it's going to be life changing. You want to be here tonight. I went home to the missionary's house that afternoon and I got deathly ill. I began to burn up with fever and I had no energy in my body. I laid down and Barbara the, the missionary lady came in my room and she said, Jan, we can put the word out. You're sick. There'll be no service tonight. And I said, no, no. By God's grace, we're going. By God's grace, I will bring the word. And by God's grace, he will touch these precious women. And I laid in bed till 630 that night. And then I got up, I washed my face, put my hair up in a ponytail And we walked down to that little chapel and God gave me the supernatural strength to preach the word. And I'm telling you, there was such a freedom in the house that night. God touched those women in such an amazing way. 
I praise God that he gives us supernatural strength. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. I am very weak in my body at this moment. If I don't see myself, I feel very weak. But I know God has given me a word for somebody in the house today. And God is going to touch hearts. Somebody watching right now online. God loves you, my friend. And he wants you to know he has a great plan for your life. Last night, I had the great privilege of going into the women's prison. Evangelist Shemaiah Tobert was there and Julie Seals. Wow. What an amazing time to go and be with these precious women. To speak life over them. To present Jesus. Julie shared her testimony. You see, Julie, some of you know Julie, some of you don't. But Julie was in prison because she'd been a drug dealer, a drug addict, an alcoholic. She was a drug mule. If you don't know what that is, look it up later. Julie had done all these things. And she cried out to God and then she felt like God didn't hear her. She ended up in prison. God had heard her. And a woman came into her prison cell. And Julie said last night, she said, that woman came and plopped herself right down on the bed beside me. And you're not supposed to do that. But that lady didn't know that. And she did. And she looked at Julie and she said, Julie, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. He will forgive you. He will help you. Julie was supposed to be in prison for 17 years to life. And she was in prison, I believe it was two, two and a half years. And God set her free. Now, Julie, yeah, praise God. Julie goes into prisons all over sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Julie's written a book. I've had the privilege of pre-reading it. And it is powerful, her testimony. It'll be out in October. You're going to want to read her book. It's amazing. But anyway, it was such a joy to be in the prison, to briefly share the story of what I've walked through the last couple of years. I'm just going to be honest with you. The last two years have been probably the two hardest years of my life. And I don't say that for you to go, oh, poor Pastor Jan. But I want you to understand That God, when I tell you, he will give you the strength to walk through dark situations. He will do it. For those of you that do not know, during COVID, both of my mom and dad died five days apart. And I thank God for my precious friend, Shemaiah, who called me to pray with me, to encourage me. Six months later, my sister-in-law and my precious niece, who we had uh, spent three days with at my parents. When my parents died, we got reconnected with them, had such a wonderful time. My little niece, Angela was 35 years old. We set up late into the night talking and her asking me questions and just ministering, encouraging her and each other. It was such a blessing. And then six months later, Angela and her mother, Mary were tragically killed in a car wreck. Pastor Tim and I never had the privilege of having a son. 
but we were blessed with two beautiful daughters. And when Misty got married, our son-in-law became our son. We loved him like our flesh and blood son. I bought a lot of his clothes for him. They were in our home. They lived here for 10 years. We were together every holiday. We had so much fun together. But we did not know what was going on behind closed doors in my daughter's home. We had no idea that he was an abuser. We had no clue what was happening. And I could tell you much more of this story, but what I can tell you is God is a redeemer. Our son-in-law is in federal custody now. I'll leave it at that. But last night, as I was praying over the women in the prison, I said, God, as you've sent me, Julie and Shemiah, to touch these women's hearts, send somebody to touch my son, to bring him back to you. Life can be difficult. It can be so hard. But what I can tell you is God has carried me through. He's carried my husband. He's carried my family. We've walked through. We're continuing to walk through. When you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you do not have to fear evil. God is with you. He is with us. And it's been amazing. The supernatural strength. Who would have ever thought that my husband and my sister and I could get up and speak at my parents' funeral. But he gave us the ability to do that. Who would have ever thought we would walk through what We've been walking through with our precious daughter and our granddaughters. Our granddaughters, I do want to tell you this. Because of all the stuff they've been through, they walked away from God. They couldn't see how a God could allow this to happen to them. That broke our hearts. But we knew that we knew God is greater than these circumstances. And can I tell you, three, I believe it was three Sundays ago, all three of our beautiful, precious granddaughters were baptized in water. (laughs) They're very busy serving in the youth ministry in their church. My daughter sent me a video of one of our granddaughters with her hands raised, singing and worshiping God. Whatever you are walking through, my friend, Jesus changes everything. Don't give up. He is a way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, light in the darkness. If you will hold on to his hand. Oh, God is so faithful. God is so good. 
and he doesn't waste pain. He doesn't waste pain. So Jesus doesn't condemn us. He doesn't condone our sin. He tells us, all right, I've changed you. I've saved you. I'll give you the ability to live the life I've called you to live. Now go and sin no more. And if you do mess up because you are stinking flesh and blood, just like I'm stinking flesh and blood, confess and ask God, God, I blew it. I blew it. Forgive me, Lord. And if you, you blew it by treating someone wrong, go apologize to that person. The old saying, man up, go man up. Tell them, I'm so sorry what I said to you was wrong. Please forgive me. We've got to walk in obedience. So he, he doesn't condone our sin and Jesus changes everything. How can we apply this message to our lives? Number one, we will choose not to condemn others. Just like Jesus didn't condemn that woman caught in adultery, we don't need to condemn others. When we hear someone say or do something wrong or negative, don't pick up that rock ready to throw it. Why do we do this? Why do we want to begin to, not literally, but with words, with our rudeness, our comments. Why do we want to pick up a rock and just begin to throw it at somebody else? I think it's a little thing called self-righteousness. I think sometimes maybe I, I want to throw a rock at somebody else because You know, it makes me feel, well, I'm not as bad as her. (laughs) I don't do that. But you know what? Sin is sin. Whether it's a lie, whether it's a sexual sin, whether it's stealing, it's all sin. And sin is sin is sin. And it breaks God's heart because sin separates us from our Father. So when we do sin... We ask for forgiveness and he freely forgives us and says, what? Go and sin no more. We have to be so careful to choose not to be condemning. And can I just say, if someone comes to you with choicey morsels, Oh, did you hear about Shemaya? Mm, girl. Yeah, we need to pray for her. Shemaya's like, great. I come to church, she pick on me. <laughs> did y'all hear what she did? Mm, we better pray for her because, you know, she, yeah, you, I know, right? Ooh, I can't believe that girl. You know what? If somebody comes to you with news about Shemaya or anybody else, you need to lovingly, Say, you know what? Mm, I don't need to hear that. Now, if you want me to go with you to talk to Shemaiah, I'll do that. But I don't, I don't need to hear something bad about Shemaiah. Well, Pastor Jim, what if they get mad at me? So? Don't be snarky because then you're just as bad as the gossiper. Don't be like, I don't need to hear none of that. 
That's snarky. That's rude. That's ugly. But if you would lovingly say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't need to hear that. Thank you. And just turn and walk away. They'll never come to you with gossip again because they don't, they're not going to like that. They're not going to want that. So be man enough, woman enough of God to say, no, thank you. I don't need to hear that. Let's be protective of each other. Let's be protective of our family. We, if you're a believer, you're part of our family. We need to be protective of each other. We need to be protective of other people. We are to be different. Come on, you guys. We are people of God. We are to walk differently. We are to talk differently. We are to act differently. We are to love, love God, love people, love God, love people. Can somebody agree with me today? So we choose not to condemn others. We choose to be very careful, to be loving. You know, I've met some people that don't want to go to church. They don't want to go to church anymore. Why? The pastor hurt them. Or church people hurt them. Church hurts are very real. We've got to be so careful that we're not condemning. When somebody walks in the church, that we're not looking at them and sizing them up by what they're wearing or what they're not wearing or how their hair is or or they got a hat on, they don't have a hat on. We have to be careful not to give that look. You know, something I've had to learn, I can't fix people. Can I be honest? I used to think I could. When I was in my 20s and my 30s and and people would come to me, maybe say, Shemaya, I'm just going to pick on you all day, babe, girl. Shemaya would come to me and she'd say, you know, Pastor Jan, blah, 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 blah. The first thing I'm doing is I'm thinking, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, I can fix you. Instead of really continuing to listen to what she said, I started thinking how I could fix her. But you know what? I can't fix anybody. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. But I can lovingly, as, as, as I've developed a relationship with Shemaiah, I've earned the right to lovingly speak into her life and say, you know, baby girl, when blah, 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 I just want to encourage you to really pray about that. And Shemaiah's earned the right to do that with me. I love having iron sharpening friends who can, they're not going to condemn you, but they're not going to condone your sin. But they're going to very lovingly, key word, lovingly say, hey, sweetheart, you know what? Let's talk about this. But we have to earn the right to do that. It's not our place when you don't even know somebody and you go up and you try to fix them. But let's lovingly reach out to people. We don't want to cause people to walk away from the church because of that look that sister so-and-so gave them. Or, and I'm not thinking of particular people. I know we are a loving church. I'm so grateful for that. But I know I have room to grow. And we all have room to grow. That we're not condemning, but we're not condoning, but we're loving. We will lovingly guide people to the abundance, the abundant life God has for them. 
Jesus didn't condemn the woman. He didn't condone her sinful lifestyle. He made it clear, you have to leave your life of sin behind. The third thing, we will choose to let Jesus change our life. Jesus changed this woman's life, and he wants to change yours. He's changed mine. He continually changes my life as I grow in him. My friend, if you've already committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I challenge you, continue to grow in your relationship with him. Ask him, how can I be a better woman of God? How can I be a better man of God? How can I be a better young person of God, child of God? Show me, Lord, change me from the inside out. I want to be the woman of God you created me to be. I don't want to excuse myself. I want to be that woman that God has designed me to be. If you've not committed your life to Jesus Christ, I want to challenge you today. Today is a great day to say yes to Jesus. He wants to change your life. He loves you so very much. And he has such great plans for you. He doesn't look at you as like, oh, you awful sinner. He's so, and no, baby girl, I love you. I died for you. Allow me to be your Lord and Savior. Imagine with me, if every person that calls themselves a Christian would love people the way Jesus loves people. Think of the many lives that would be changed. People that already follow Jesus would be determined to follow him all the more. They would determine to be more Christ-like and more loving. People that don't know Jesus, if they would see a lot of believers loving the way Jesus loves, they would want to come to know Jesus. God, may that be our heart's cry. Would you stand? Hallelujah. I want to ask first this morning, if you are in this room and you've not committed your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've walked away from him, you've been through some really dark seasons and you're like, how can a loving God allow this? First, let me tell you, God didn't do these things to you. They're a natural result of your choices or somebody else's choices. But God wants to carry you through these seasons. If you've not surrendered your life to Jesus or you've walked away from him, I want to pray with you this morning. That would be my great honor to lead you to Jesus. Pastor Tim would like to pray with you this morning. I'm going to ask our elders and pastor if you would come on down. And if that is you this morning, would you just come to one of these people? Let them pray with you the prayer of faith so that you can have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're online watching and you do not have a personal relationship, my friend, Jesus loves you so very much. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me.
Ask him to forgive you of your sins and be the Lord of your life. And then find a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and become part of that if you're able to get out. The next thing I want to ask is I want to open the altars. If you have any kind of need, whether it's a spiritual need, an emotional need, you're struggling with depression, you know a family member or yourself struggling with bipolar disorder, whatever you're walking through, financial problems, God is here and he wants to meet you. We would love to pray with you. If you're having relationship issues, whatever you are walking through, Jesus loves you so much. Would you let us pray with you? I'm going to put the mic down. Our worship team's going to begin to sing. And would you just come forward? If you just want to come and spend time worshiping God, whatever you would like to do, you're welcome to do. Jesus changes everything. Has he changed you? Amen. It wasn't the focus of the message, but I hope that you will let that known, let that be known to the people around you as you go out into your world this week. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, wherever you go, that people will see how Jesus has changed you. And God may use you to be able to share with them about how Jesus can change them. Let me just pray a blessing over us as we get ready to leave today. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for the way that you moved in our midst as we worshiped you. We thank you for the lives that you've touched and the things that you've begun that will continue to bear fruit. We thank you, Lord, for your word that was spoken with power, Lord God. Help us to continue to meditate on it and look at our own lives with honesty and openness, saying, God, how does that apply to me? Help me to be that person, Lord God, that's like Jesus, that's not condemning, but lovingly working with you to touch people's lives and see those lives changed. Change me, Lord God, change us. And Father, we thank you for that. Once again, Lord, we ask that you'd help us this week, especially those that are specifically involved in going back to school and all that kind of stuff, Lord Jesus. I pray it'd be a great school year. Father, we thank you and we praise you for all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you.